We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, guys? Welcome back to the OBR Film Breakdown. It's your March 18th, Saturday edition. I'm your host, Jake Burns, and we are going to talk through the edition of Juan Thornhill. I've gone through the tape. I have watched several games. I've watched the good and the bad of him. I watched a couple games where he graded poorly. Tennessee, Week 9, Tampa, Week 4, and then watched three where he graded his, his best, which is at San Francisco, Week 7, and then Week 18, Las Vegas, and then in the playoffs, in the, uh, um, in the divisional playoffs, if you recall there, uh, you know, obviously got a bye as the one seed. The Jacksonville game, he he played and recorded a really strong grade in that one. So I try to do that. I try to, like I said yesterday's pod, get a broad picture of who he is. And he's good, man. He's he's really good. And I don't, you know, that's pretty simple terms. I, I'm just going to be honest. I don't see a giant situational difference between jesse bates and juan thornhill okay and i i thought this way back in february when i started to watch both prospects uh that that i was much happier taking felt almost robberish taking thornhill at six or seven million which is what they got him at seven million uh a year 14 guaranteed over three years that that number was something i was way more comfortable with than 16 million now i think jesse bates is a more secure tackler and a more physical player but um Thornhill, for what they're asking him to do, is is really exceptional at it. And, and again, I'm trying not to oversell these things. He's just really good. He's very solid, very, very um, right in the right place at most often the right time. And, you know, the, the exceptional athlete stuff, which if you look at his RAS score, his testing coming into the NFL, the 44-inch vertical leap, the twitchiness of that, he had a really good to great shuttle, three-cone run, he ran a four uh, low four fours forty yard dash, which is exceptional for the safety position, and you can see the athleticism pop. He is rangy, he is instinctual back there, and he does a great job. Uh, at least in what Kansas City was asking him to do, we'll see what Jim Schwartz wants him to do. But a good, a really good safety, and especially good deep safety, and that's what they did. They played him. If we're looking at most recent seasons, 
620 free safety snaps in 21, and then in 22, 857. Now, the numbers uh, fluctuated a little bit between snaps where he would get up near the box or snaps in the slot. Like, uh, snaps in the box went down a little bit from 21 to 22. Snaps in the slot went up just a little bit uh, from 21 to 22. So it's just, again, game plan dependent where they want to be. But most often, he's in deep coverage. About 150 true single high free safety snaps, more so... Split safety. That's the stuff that they like to do with Justin Reed uh, in the most similar um, capacity to him, right? They had Tyron Matthew during his time, too. but And they would get more creative with Matthew toward the line of scrimmage. But what they like to do is split safety looks and be creative off their split safety looks, and that's where he's most comfortable. He's a deep guy. He does not come up and play near the box a ton, as evidenced by his 12 stop tackles in 21 and 10 stop tackles in 22, where... Again, like Grant Delpit had 29 of those last year alone, so that tells you how much the Browns had to get their strong safety involved near the line of scrimmage. Now, we hope the Browns are reshaping that, and that gives Grant Delpit a chance to play a little deeper, but if you're looking at the discrepancy between the two, it's it's what did they ask him to do. So most of the tackles that Juan Thornhill's making are deeper, right? You know, a run breaks through the line of scrimmage or a pass gets caught somewhere downfield, and he's making those sorts of tackles. He's not making tackles pushing up toward the line of scrimmage where, again, stop tackles are those plays that constitute a failure for the offense, right? Kind of keeping a guy under three yards or less. Uh, that's that's what you're looking to do. And, and his volume just isn't there because the opportunity isn't there the way they played him. They had him in a deeper portion of the field. And, again, evident, right? So, again, if you track back, he had the ACL tear uh, that cost him the end of his rookie season, right? So he comes back after his rookie season has a dip in production, actually still plays 859 snaps, which this is what you like, his snap count numbers, right? 996, 859, 1,038, and last year, 1,244. Like, this guy's pretty clearly on the football field a lot. And if you're going to pay somebody a decent amount of money, having them on the football field a lot's pretty important, right? That's that's what they try to do. So uh, with, with Thornhill, a huge anchor in the secondary, where I would say he's best, what he does best, where he is best is splits, splits coverage looks, both deep quarters or half in cover two looks, and then uh, also being able to drop down and play that middle robber and some cover three looks. He can play the curl flat when you need him to. He's pretty good at it. He's an adept coverage man uh, guy in, in, in man looks when they use him that way. Uh, better against tight ends, bigger wide receivers. I think he's best there. He's fine at it. Not great. In the man coverage stuff, if he plays wide receivers, it's not great. I, I mean, it's not... I mean, again, it's not exceptional. You wouldn't expect most of your safeties to be exceptional against wide receivers and man-to-man coverage often, right? Walked up, cover one type stuff where he has to walk down and play someone's face. He's average to above average at that, in my opinion. Uh, he can run with most people. He's twitched up. He can handle the, the movement stuff, but wide receivers are going to win more often. Sometimes tight ends will out-physical him at the point of attack too, chasing a football at a high point or something of that nature. So uh, again, not a spot that he was put into that often. When they would maybe bring a guy off of the slot and have him drop down and play, replace, right? Whether that's a whether that's a hook zone or uh, you know drop down playing man, he has times where guys beat him, right? I'm going to post this up in the film room that you're going to see at the OBR website today. Uh, he'll get beat on those every now and again. But to me, for, for what they're asking him to do, I think he does a relatively good job at it. The thing a lot of people will poke at is the missed tackle stuff. And I went through, and he's not a physical tackler. Like, he doesn't hit, drive, stick people, run them backwards. He's very much a just get the person to the ground however you can. There are times where his 
effort will maybe bug you. I think there's some times where he doesn't go in to the tackle the situation at the perfect pursuit angle and at the perfect point of balance and ends up costing him on either a cutback or a move or something. But the missed tackles are not that terrible. I mean, he's had he had 14 his rookie year, which is a lot higher than you want. That's clearly it's, it's up near a 20% missed tackle number. And then it dipped to 9 his second year in 2020, which got down to 16%, and then in 21 it got down to 10 for 12% missed tackle percentage, and then this past year was 10 again for a 10.9%. And that number's pretty strong, right? Like, I think of guys, if you're counting, like, the number one player in the NFL last year missed tackles was, like, Jalen Petrie with 38 at the safety position. Delpit's in, like, the 40s, 48 or something. Right there, he's actually kind of ironically right there with Grant Delpit near uh, the bottom third of safeties and missed tackles. So he's not Antoine Winfield, right? He's not that type of physical player and that type of guy who's, more consistently getting people on the ground, but it's it's not an issue. Like again, if you want to see examples of this, OBR subscribers out there, uh, again, Reiner, just a buck your first month to see if you like the film room and the content we're putting out. Uh, it is evident to me that he's gotten better at this. He's gotten more comfortable at it. But if you want a really physical guy, like he's not going to do that a ton, right? He's not going to come up and put a bunch of big hits on people. He is very much like I said, a get the person to the ground type of player. So. Um, some data that I think is important here to look at the coverage data. So in 21, he had 17% uh, forced incompletion rate. So that's 14th best among safeties. And then the other number that stood out was 38.4 coverage snaps per reception. So didn't get picked on a ton. That was eighth best. He really upturned it in 22, which is again, why the Browns obviously liked him. He has a 20% forced incompletion rate, which is tied for third in the NFL, 58.7 reception percentage, ninth in the NFL at safety, 75.2 coverage grade, 11th best, 28.9 coverage snaps per reception, 13, uh, 13th best, 76.2 passer rating allowed, 15th best. And what was really good was his uptick toward the end of the year. He's top-graded safety in the NFL, according to Pro Football Focus, from Week 16 through the conference championship, and he had the highest coverage grade uh, over that time, too, with an 88.8. So 90.5 grade, 88.8, pretty strong stuff, really strong stuff. So, again... What you're asking the question, I think, is a fair question you should ask. Well, how's he different from John Johnson? Okay, Johnson's a more a more experienced down box player. He had more broad experience playing closer to the line of scrimmage, whether that was walked up off the edge, down in the box, dropping into the hole, playing sort of that hook to curl flat, playing man to man more on tight ends. He was a more diverse player, had some linebacker experience, and then they asked him to do what they're asking Warren Thornhill to do, which is what I'm predicting. A lot of too high safety looks, which is a lot of quarters, a lot of cover six, variations, some cover eight, and then sprinkle in cover two, and then too high, or two man is what they'll call it. Um, and then obviously they'll do some drop stuff, right, where you'll get uh, you know a rob coverage technique or cover three where he'll drop into the hook. He'll have a diverse set of uh, responsibilities here, and where he's just so much more comfortable in deep coverage. Like, you see the better he's a better athlete, a superior athlete, and that shows up in the hit fluidity to change directions and chase the football. He's much better at the catch point than Johnson is, and he can cover more ground. And I just think he has a better natural feel for it. And that's nothing against John Johnson. If somebody signs him, and I think somebody will play him in the right position, he's better off for it. But Thornhill just, again, far more comfortable in the role that I think the Browns, A, need, desperately need a safe to be, to be able to play, that deep coverage comfortability, but also some diversity there. And, you know, the, the, the Chiefs didn't play him as a down safety a lot, but that doesn't mean he can't. He could do a little bit more of that. And what I think they're thinking here 
is the diversity between him and Grant Delpit. They can both play, again, middle of the field open coverages, play deep together. Grant, you know, what their goal is is to make Grant less of a run defender, I would hope. You don't want your safeties involved in the run game that often. So they like to move him back, be able to handle the run with some of their box defenders in a, in a more efficient fashion. They're off to a pretty good start with that. You know, improving the personnel up there. A lot of work uh, to still do, I think we would all agree. And then obviously, um, you know, uh, you would like them to maybe sign a couple more guys, whatever, whatever. But we'll see what the scheme looks like. But that's my guess. Two diverse players can do a lot of similar things. Uh, we know Grant was very adept at the coverage stuff at LSU. I think he, he got undersold a little bit on that. And it was, it was obviously, you know, he comes in, tears the Achilles, and then he's trying to find his place. And they played him closer to the line of scrimmage. But I think there's a belief in the Browns organization, from what I gather, that they think he can play more of that deep stuff. So to have Grant and to have John and have some diversity there in the approach and the usage of those two guys could be a really, really, really good fit. So you should be excited about that. Again, Thornhill is not an all. He could be. He could make an All Pro. Um, I think he's a, he's a, he's a damn fine safety. Uh, again, safety stuff is sort of capricious. Like I do think. Some things, some auxiliary numbers get counted up, some tip safety, like tip ball interceptions and things like that that drive a narrative. Um, but, man, I, I really I like the film. I think he's going to be – if he's not perfect, he's going to give up completions. He's going to miss some tackles. Uh, but I think he's going to do more good than, than bad here. And, again, the contract is just so – it's so good for, for what they needed to fit that number at and have a respectable player back there. And, you know, I've contacted some Kansas City guys. Some guys think he wasn't as good post-knee injury some coping stuff that happens there when you lose a player. Um, but but again, he's not a tackle machine, um, but he does play the football really well, and he gets near the football in the passing game, and he has a nice feel for what coverages are asking him to do, where he needs to be in picking out and understanding routes, right? It's a tough position to play. It's a really tough position to play, the last line of defense. And oftentimes, like, you'll see highlights. He doesn't have a ton of them that pop near the line of scrimmage as far as a tackler goes because he's the last line making those tackles in a reactionary, on-your-heels fashion and just trying to get people down. So, like, I just – they for him to get the opportunity to go make those splash plays, it's not as often for him. So, uh, I, again, I think Juan is a nice football player, and I think the Browns got a great price on him. And, you know, although he's going to be turning, I think he's going to be turning 28 in season. Let me double check that real quick. Yeah, so he's an October 19th birthday. He'll turn 28 this season. I don't see any reason why they don't get a great 28 and 29. And then we'll see what's up around 30 because he's an exceptional athlete. Seems like the knee has gotten better and better. I'm excited to share the film room with you and take a, give you a look and a glimpse at some of the stuff that gets me excited about his game. Again, I'm not just like I talked to you about with Okoronkwo and I talked to you about with Tomlinson. These are solid players who have the opportunity, a chance to make a Pro Bowl, right? If they fit the scheme and they do their job and they pop and the Browns' defense takes off the way we think it might, these are guys who, again, I think at the maximum level of what Juan Thornhill can do, he can be an all-pro player. That would be unbelievable. It'd be great. He can do that. I don't think he will. I think he's got a chance to make some Pro Bowls if things go well. Same with Tomlinson. Same with Okoronkwo. I don't see any, like, you know, jump to elite status from these guys, but the Browns don't need them to necessarily do that. Would you like it? Yeah, you would, but they don't need them to do that. They need them to be very good football players for them. And I think all three of these guys have a chance to fill very specific finite rules within the system scheme and, and their, and their position and should raise the basement of this defense significantly. Almost 
in a way that I think is similar to what the coordinator change is going to do for this defense. So plenty, plenty, plenty to be excited about there. Uh, we're going to take a quick break. If you're asking uh, a question, which is pretty fair at this point, uh, Jordan Akins, uh, who the Browns signed, tight end, formerly with Houston, played with Deshaun a little bit, signed with the Browns today. I'm going to dive into his film probably Tuesday. I don't know. We'll see. I'm going to Indy for the weekend. I'm recording this one late at night. I already did the Sunday show with Brad, Things We Think We Know. That'll post. And then I'm going to try to take some equipment to record if anything shakes out over the weekend. Still plenty of free agent names out there to be had. So if anything shakes out over the weekend, I will be able to uh, have something for you Monday or Tuesday. But I don't get back into Columbus until Tuesday. So that means really like a fresh sit down in my office deep dive type of podcast can't happen until Tuesday night. So I'll try to get some things out for you Monday and Tuesday morning. I'll do my best, especially if things pop off. But I want to cover Aikens at least a lot more in depth and then look at free agency as a whole. So those are the two things I kind of want to do is we miss franchise mode. So I'm going to try to get with Andrew Spade and record that. But again, tough when you're in a hotel room doing different things with your family to always record big, long podcasts. But I just want to update you on that. Uh, but we're going to do what we always do on Saturday, or at least try to do. I'm going to do a lightning mock draft with you guys. So I'm going to take a break, and then when we come back, we will do uh, the mock draft. Be right back. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It's only a kick. A jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. 
Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I would not expect you guys to believe me, but just did an entire mock draft toward the very end of this thing, and the power in my home shut off. So uh, right back on 10 seconds later, but uh, none of the podcast uh, part of the uh, mock simulator recorded. So I don't know. Frustrating. I'm going to try to do this as quickly as I can and reasonably as I can. We're using NFL mock draft database. I don't know why. Um, the draft network has not gotten, it's a really weird business model or business decision to me to not have your mock simulator, uh, that is your bread and butter, not running during draft season, but that's certainly a choice. Um, so anyway, we're going to run through the NFL mock draft, uh, database. They do a nice job. PFF obviously does a great job. PFN is way all over the board. The values just, they do not align. I don't really know. They need to step up their game and update some things, but um, I think they do a decent job at Mock Draft Database. Fanspeak does a nice job, too. We're going to use this one. Uh, we're up at pick 42. Players on the board, Dalton Kincaid, Darnell Washington, Drew Sanders, Trenton Simpson, uh, Josh Downs. These are all guys kind of in the 43 range. And then Felix Anudike Ozoma and Jack Campbell. Now, again, reminder, we are drafting based on what the Browns have done. I'm not really projecting anything else. I want to do these based on what's here and where their angle is and give you an idea of some things. So, um we're up at 42. We have six trade offers. The Kansas City one is completely unreasonable and fake. The same for the, the the Houston Texans offer. If these are ludicrous and fake, I don't even entertain them. I don't know if we're going to get a realistic-looking one or not. It appears not. So if we would have gotten one that I thought made sense on the trade value charts, I would do it. But, you know, like New England's not going to give up 46, 76, 135, 187 in a round four next year. That's just... That's just not realistic. So we're going to reject all of those, get out of it, and look at taking a player here. And again, I'll go back to it. I'm kind of manifesting it uh, that if if Jack Campbell is there at 42 and in, in the Browns' um, current roster structure with where it is, like they're going to take him. I think he's an interesting foot. Like he's a fantastic linebacker. I think he's a top 20 talent. I feel comfortable saying he's a top 20 talent. And if you can take your mic of the future there, I have no problem doing that. Now, a reminder: obviously, you you don't mind those guys on rookie contracts, and that's the whole point of this thing. But um, you know, again, that might be a hot topic to some people, but a reminder: they took JOK in the second round. They're willing to do it if the player is high on their board, and I don't see why he wouldn't be. You know, it's a mesh of fantastic athlete, fantastic film, and everything fits. It all aligns for that type of football player. Now, as we keep going here, we're up at pick ninety-eight. We only have one trade offer in this one. Uh, interestingly enough, that's from Oakland and in it, or well, Las Vegas, and it involves only picks next year. Now, I'm interested in picks next year, but I'm not interested in them. Uh, to just remo- completely remove our pick at 98. That's round four and round six next year. We're rejecting that, so we have no other offer. Now, players that are up at this spot, Tyler Scott, Zach Harrison, um, Cedric Tillman, uh, Jair Brown, A.T. Perry, Travis Hodges, Tomlinson, Parker Washington. Now, again, the Tyler Scott thing is strange. The mock simulators have him all over the board. PFF has him probably the highest, but you can still get him if you move back into the 60s, you can still get him. Now, Dane Brugler, again, is a big believer. The first person I heard talk about him turned the film on for uh, what I was looking for. I think he's a top 50 player, but the, I don't know. Maybe teams don't view him that way. I don't think he'll be here at 98, but if he's here, I can give you an example of what you could get at 98, or if you've moved back and you got picks in the 50s and 60s combined, like that's an angle. I mean, Jack Campbell and Tyler Scott would be an unbelievable first two picks. We're up again at 111. Um, and again, I'm going to try to find an offer that's semi-real. 129 and 169 for 111 from Dallas is interesting. The Packers are offering 116, 149, and around six next year. 
Pittsburgh offering 120 in a round five next year. I just don't want to trade with them. The Bears offering 148 around four in round six next year is a good deal. So I'll take that one to get two picks next year and still keep pick 148 because we're right up again at 126. So we'll take that. We'll look at 126 now. Unfortunately, the guy I really wanted <laughs> went right before Moro Ojimo, but uh, still plenty of talent on the board here, right? Um, if you're looking at edge because you haven't really done anything with the edge position, you got Yaya Diaby, who's older but a great athlete, available. Isaiah McGuire, available out of Missouri. Um, you know, if you're looking at D tackle, Kobe Turner, available. Jalen Redman, a fantastic testing number. Keandre Coburn. Um, DJ Dale, Broderick Martin, all available. Uh, if we're looking again here, we're at 126. Uh, at the top of the board in general is Travius Hodges Tomlinson and um, Parker Washington, Tank Bigsby, Sean Tucker, the running back from Syracuse, Quan Martin, freaky test out of, uh, out of Illinois. If this is the board in front of me here, I still think I would take Travius Hodges Tomlinson because I think he's going to be a nickel and I think he's going to be good for a while. I really, I really do. Shorter, shorter arms, shorter body length in general, but a very fast runner and very twitched up in physical ball skills. I'll take him comfortably at 126. We'll see what's up at pick 140. Uh, the edge that I'm hoping is there at 140 probably won't be, but we'll give it a whirl anyway. The Bucks are offering 179 for 140 and a four and six next year. Boy, that's hard to turn down. Um, I'm going to accept that, guys. I'm going to take it and keep building on only six picks next year so i want to keep building picks next year so we're going to entertain nothing at 142 and look at seeing if my edge i still want is there yaya diaby a guy who came on late tested like a freak of nature like a guy who who should be getting the same love as will mcdonald from iowa state and he isn't so it's crazy to me um that he's not getting the love he deserves but if he's there i'm taking him we're up again at 148 so 148 if Quan Martin is there, the safety, I'm probably leaning that way. We don't pick again until 179, and that when tight end and running back come into play for me in a deep class. Quan Martin, too good of a tester, too good of a tool piece in the back half, especially as you're looking at you're not totally certain the long term of Grant Delpin, and if you're giving him another contract, um, I like that angle. 179, we're up. I'm sorry, I've eliminated a lot of the interior O-line discussion because I think the postage signing uh, alleviates that a little bit. But guys I'd be interested there, Nick Broker out of Mississippi uh, was certainly an interesting player. John Gaines, great testing numbers. At this spot, 179, I'm looking at running back. What kind of running back can I get that gives me flexibility? Now, you know I like Keaton Mitchell. like him a ton. Uh, um, Mo Ibrahim from Minnesota, more of a downhill bully ball running back. I'm really looking for guys who can give me added value out of the gun, comfortability in the inside zone, uh, can catch the football in the backfield. And I'm taking Deuce Vaughn here. I think he's a, is just as fun a gadget player running back, third down, create opportunities uh, that, that, that that is out there in the running back position. He just fits really well. Now, if we get to this pick 190, I'm certainly eyeing tight end, right? And there's Payne Durham and Will Mallory, fun group. I have a hard time not drafting Bryce Ford Wheaton, a freak of nature athletically, 6'3", 221, 41-inch vertical, 10'9", broad, a 4'3", 40-yard dash, a 4'1", 5 shuttle, which is really great 
10 yard split of 154 at that size, I'm taking a lot of tickets. I think he goes top 110. You cannot be that size, a 9.96 RAS score with decent enough tape, not refined, has some focus drops. Uh, the route tree stuff needs to be expanded, but man, I'm taking a lotto ticket on Bryce Ford Wheaton if he's there at 190. I could even be talked into it earlier. But again, you're looking at uh, Amari Cooper's getting older. His contract's going to move on. We don't know what they're going to do with DPJ. Yeah, I took Tyler Scott earlier, but Bryce Ford Wheaton is really fun. Just telling you. We're up with our last pick at 229. If we're here, we're probably, if I have it my way and I have a tight end I like, I'm going to take a tight end here. The question is whether you like the tight end that I like. I, I don't have any problem. Braden Wills didn't test as well. There's, there's really not a tight end that I love there so much as to take one. I will say a guy I really like that I I don't think will be down here in these uh, in the actual draft is Ricky Stromberg. And, um, you know, as Wyatt Teller's future's murky and as Joe Batonio's aging, you can start to talk yourself into a late Dawson Deaton type lotto ticket and Stromberg's who I'm going to go with because there's just nobody else that really stands out to me with interior experience. So this mock draft, you get pick 42, Jack Campbell, 98, Tyler Scott. We traded out of 111 to add to next year's picks. We took Travius Hodges Tomlinson from TCU at 126, the corner for our slot corner necessity right now. That fixes Mike linebacker and slot corner to me. Depth edge and Yaya Diaby, fantastic athlete, thinking come in and play right away. Quan Martin, the absolute freak of nature, safety, who is um, physical in the run game, can can really be out there in more of your heavy DB package looks. Deuce Vaughn's going to have a role. Too good a pass catcher, too creative in the open field. A nice football player out of Kansas State. Bryce Ford Wheaton, a, a late-round lotto ticket wide receiver. Unbelievable athlete for the size of 6'3.5", 221. And then uh, an interior player late, Arkansas's Ricky Stromberg. So that is our Lightning Saturday Mock Draft. We will be back. I have a episode recorded, like I said earlier, with Brad Ward for tomorrow. And then I'll try to get you something fresh for Monday, Tuesday. We'll see where the wind takes us. You really won't get a deep dive look in anything like Jordan Aikens again until I get a chance to come back and put it together. But you'll get your Juan Thornhill film room tomorrow, and then you will get uh, something on Sunday about the uh, two defensive tackles. Uh, Mo Hurst, I want to get you some film on him, and then Tristan um, Tristan Hill as well, so you can have an idea of those guys. So those those will be for o, OBR VIP subscribers. Again, a reminder, $1 first month. See if it's worth it. Great community. Great Ask the Insider section. Rumor Central access. All the film rooms going forward. Well worth your time. And you do, if you commit to a long-term status, Paramount Plus comes with it. And you're paying for Paramount Plus anyway. You might as well just take advantage of getting access to everything at the OBR. We appreciate it. Support. Cleveland journalism. Thank you guys. Appreciate you stopping by. Have a fantastic Saturday, everybody. Catch you on Sunday, and then I'll hit you with something new. Hopefully Monday, Tuesday, we'll check in. Like I said, have a great Saturday for the OBR Film Breakdown. Thanks for stopping by. Go Browns. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger 
for the ones who get it done.